This is Xane Anderson and welcome to the Principal Podcast. Today I'm excited to have with me Tom Walters. Tom Walters has been meditating for over 40 years. He knows how to help people become more calm, more introspective. He's also the host of the Zen Commuter and Calmer in Five. And just excited to have him here with us today as we talk about something that can, I think, really, really help parents, families, marriages, this idea that we can learn to meditate and it can help us in our relationships. Tell us a little bit about that, Tom. That's a great segue. Uh, thinking about, we talked about before about all the things that meditation can do for parents, but I didn't even think about the other things we can talk about. And you just brought it up. Obviously, when we are more mindful, when we're more in this moment, as opposed to having our heads way in the future or way in the back, we're going to be more um, communicative with our partners uh, in any relationship, to be honest with you, whether it be business, personal, romantic, uh, when we have that space to be here now, as opposed to our mind just running around. Of course, we're going to be absolutely much more attentive to the needs of the people around us. So that's definitely one thing that meditation can do in regards to uh, relationships and whatever they be. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So tell me a little bit about more about meditation for, I mean, we've probably all heard the word. We probably have an idea of what it means, but tell us really what is meditation? Like what happens and what is it? What do you do when you meditate? What a great question, because you are right. Many people have heard of meditation, mindfulness. And to be honest, I don't think I love getting this question because I think many people have tons of misperceptions about what meditation is. In fact, one of the things as, a, as an instructor I get all the time is, I'm like, I don't even know if I can meditate. I can't clear my mind. I'm like, if you can clear your mind, then we can't be talking because you're not alive. Minds are meant to be active. They're meant to be creating thought. Meditation is about clearing your mind. It's about having a relationship with our thoughts. And more to that point, not having a relationship with our thoughts. We have this belief that every thought that comes into our head is a reality. And meditation teaches us that, no thought is a reality. And when we have the ability to just quiet our minds, become still, uh, then we can see the thoughts as they are, sometimes fictitious, sometimes beneficial. We just look at them like they're on a movie screen. We, instead of getting reactive and just like jumping right in, we can just say, cool, that's a thought. And we can either engage with it or just let it go on by. So meditation is the be all end all. The definition I use for everybody is meditation is the training of our mind to have one focus entirely, meaning that many times we think that we've got 50,000 thoughts all in our heads. And that's what the Buddha's called the, the monkey mind. We're just jumping all over the place. But meditation has the ability for us to train our minds so that we have that one single focus. Because our minds, even though we feel we've got like tens of thousands of thoughts in our minds, our minds can only perceive one at a time. So that's what meditation is. We have either a mantra or our breath most commonly, or any variety of focuses so that when we have a thought, we focus and we let it slide on by. So when we train to have one thought, all the others just kind of slide away. Interesting. And I've heard someone to describe it like this. It's almost like instead of being in the river, you get out of the river and you watch it. In yep. other words, instead of having these thoughts kind of pull me wherever they're going to pull me, like I'm being pulled down a river, I now climb out of the river and I can sit on the banks and I can say, okay, as you said, hey, there's a thought. 
hey, I'm, I'm feeling this because I'm thinking this and just kind of let it, like, what, what am I doing? And, and maybe it, it, and as parents, as people in relationships, as, as in any relationship, in any setting, sometimes it really pays, I think, to say, wait a second. I'm feeling all these emotions or I'm having all these crazy thoughts, monkey brain, as you say, maybe I just need to step outside and just observe for a little bit and see what's happening. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. I love that analogy of the river. Cause like, yeah, uh, you're, you're just kind of all the water's coming at you and you're like, you know what? I can step out of this river. I can just watch it. And that's exactly it. Just watch those thoughts go by. And as I was talking about earlier, when we are, in that space. And one of the, yeah, as a great segue, many times people think, okay, there's meditation and then there's my waking life uh, and ne'er the two shall meet. Uh, but if we are working towards uh, integration, they should meet. Um, and it used to be the same way. When I started meditating, hesitate to say, I know I don't hesitate to say 40 years ago, <laughs> um, my meditation practice was just that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to sit on my bed. I was 18. My mom taught me how to meditate. I'm going to sit on my bed. I'm going to meditate. And then when I'm done, I'm going to go back to uh, school, uh, work, and just all that stuff. And the two were very separate. And it's been decades since my meditation is now not a separate part of my life. It's an integral part of my life that my waking days and my meditative days are just wonderfully blended. So I become much more aware of the world around me, much calmer, obviously. Uh, so the goal, I shouldn't say the goal because meditation really doesn't have a goal, but if we have the ability to integrate our meditation into our days, we become much more available for the people around us. Our, we're not scattered. We're not, uh, you know, you're not talking to somebody and you're thinking like, yeah, right, right, right. And your mind is going like 12 million ways. And people are just like, is he or she even talking to me? Because I don't even feel they're engaged with me. <laughs> so, so that's one of the benefits of meditation, just the melding of that calm space within your day. So you're saying what I'm hearing you say is you may be in a crowd of people. You may be with other people. Is it, Tell me if I'm saying, hearing this right. And you can still feel that kind of just calm, peaceful, I'm in control. I may even just kind of be observing. And it's not, doesn't have to be in a silo, a separate silo. It could be this uh, integrated, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, because what, I mean, that's one of the hugest benefits of meditation. We think that uh, in regards to calm or happiness, it's, it's outside of who we are, uh, that you know, especially with happiness, like, oh man, if I get that job, I'll be sitting pretty. If I get that car, that relationship, I'm gonna, I can't wait till I'm happy. It's like all those feelings, all those thoughts are here. They're not out there. So our meditation practice helps us get in touch with those. And in regards to calm, you said it perfectly. You could be in the midst of a crowd that is, uh, you know, boisterous and yelling, whether it be joyfully or hatefully. And just be at calm and uh, just be at peace and calm because that's what you bring with you. When you have a meditation practice, wherever you are, that's where calm is. Oh, you know, I love that. You know, there's this, there's this thought in psychology uh, about having an internal locus of control or an external locus of control. And, and they found that people who have an internal locus of control, and what that means is my, the events of my life, if I have an external locus, it means everything out there it's kind of determining how I feel inside. So if, if, if there's rain, I might feel depressed. Or if somebody's being mean to me, I might feel, you know, hurt or whatever like that. But the internal locus of the internal locus of control is saying, okay, 
I can choose this space, even if I'm at a death metal concert or even if I'm in the middle of the woods. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know if it creates it or if it just helps us uh, get in touch with it, because I think maybe that's better. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because you're absolutely right. There are many people that are just totally focused on external and they think uh, I think, to be honest, the majority of people in the world are just like looking outside of who they are for validation, for calm, for acceptance, for love not knowing that it's all within uh, within themselves. And meditation is that. I mean, one of the greatest things about my meditation practice is the ability to understand not just who I am, but kind of put like, a, well, you're probably not old enough to remember Get Smart. You're like, I don't need to worry about what's going on outside. I'm bringing my focus inside and I can create that calm inside. And when we kind of shield ourselves from all the societal uh, expectations, the expectations of the people around us, work, relationships. We tune into what really matters and we find out what really matters for us because I think a lot of people, to your point, are just kind of bouncing all over like, okay, what does he or she want from me? What does he or she want from me? And we're just like, cool, put on this mask, put on this mask, put on this mask, where with a meditation practice, we're like, this is who I am. I'm not going to bend to anybody else. I respect everybody's opinion. I respect what everybody wants to do. But the only person that really knows me is me. And the way I become more aware of who I am is by shutting out the world for uh, just a little bit in my meditation practice, bringing my center inside, and then realizing, cool, in my meditation, I found out this. And much like I was talking about before, then you bring that out into your waking life where you say, okay, you know what? This is going on. You had a great point that like somebody says, hey, you know what? Your mother and father are blah, 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 SOBs. I'm like, some people where we don't have to respond to the whole world around us. We know what has meaning for us and we respond inside out as opposed to outside in. So you put that wonderfully. So thank you. I love that inside out thought. So I can, I, I live what I, I can create first inside and then outside. Rather exactly. than saying, hey, the outside world is determining how I'm feeling inside. I love that. So what do you, what do you experience, Tom, when you're meditating? I'm, I'm curious. You've been doing this for 40 years. What actually happens for you when you're meditating? So that's a great question. And we could talk for an entire day about that because <laughs> every day it changes. Uh, there are times that I sit in my, uh, sit in my chair uh, or sit on the bleachers at the university and I meditate. And if it's just a, what's called an open awareness meditation, uh, where I just literally set a timer, I usually go for about 20 minutes in the morning, and I just uh, take some nice deep breaths, and we'll talk about that a little bit later about what that does, but take those nice deep breaths, and I just uh, close my eyes, and I just become aware of everything, of thoughts, uh, of sounds, of smells, senses, um, so that's one aspect of meditation. So there are times where I'll literally just sit, become still, become quiet, listen, and then done. Those your body are, is still, you're sitting completely still, just being. You're not moving or thinking or writing. You're just, when you're meditating, you're just being still. Yep, that great, yeah, that's a, and, uh, that's a great clarification. I appreciate that because I've been doing meditating for so long. I'm like, yeah, you just meditate. You're like, yeah, I've never done it. How do you sit? How do you stand? How do you... <laughs> so for me, uh, just as a, you know, kind of 4-1-1 for posture, 
feet are going to be on the ground, uh, flat on the, you know, flat on the floor, flat on the ground. Uh, so they're not going to be outstretched. You're going to, and my hands are just resting on my thighs and spine is up. We got a kind of nice kind of arch in our lower back, but we're going to be retentive and relaxed. So to that point, so yeah, I just close my eyes, sitting up straight and relaxed, hands on my hand, uh, hands on my uh, thighs, feet on the floor, and just kind of like this. And you know what? This is the interesting thing. I think in our society, it is so rare for people to just sit still with nothing else. I mean, you might be sitting still. A lot of people sit still, look at their device, their phone, their iPad, the TV, listen to the radio while they're driving. They're, they're relatively still. But I'm talking about where we still our mind where we literally just sit still, there's no devices, nothing around, and we just are still internally in our mind and with our body. How often do we do that? Now, we, a lot of us do it when we're sleeping, but I mean, when you're <laughs> conscious, right? When we're sitting there being still. And you're saying that this practice of just being still with no other distractions, I still my mind, I still my body, has huge huge payoffs oh, it's like in our relationships for it could help in parenting it could help in our marriage in marriages it could help in any type of relationship where people are interacting with to just at least maybe once a day or even more or less quite often be still right hey. yeah exactly and i love it i i I don't know if we're going to be video or just audio, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I can feel you totally understanding the total gist of stillness because it's funny because uh, depending on what time of the year it is, most times in the morning, I'll go out, take a walk to the university. It's uh, up the street and I just sit in the bleachers and the sun literally has just hit me in the face. I'll close my eyes. And uh, this one guy um, that I met, this is probably a couple of years ago. Um, he's like, you come here every day. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm like, I come here to meditate. He's like, yeah, I've seen you. He's like, you are just motionless for 20 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time. I'm like, well, that's kind of how my meditation practice is. He's like, you're so still. He's like, the first time I saw you, I didn't know if you were uh, okay or not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the the point you make about that stillness, it's just, and it's it changes. And um, in regards to your initial question, what's the meditation like? So I told you what a, a, a quote, regular session is like, but there are times that uh, when I'm meditating, uh, I'll receive uh, guidance from uh, wisdom from uh, my guides, from my mom who passed away about four years ago, just uh, flashes of insight. Uh, and there are some times where my meditation, I'll get done with my meditation, I'll be like, what the heck did I just experience? What uh, What was that? And I'll have the ability to talk with my guides in any meditation, but and sometimes it's just like, I'll have intuitions i'll have uh insight that is just overpowering and it's just wild so um so to that point but yeah it all comes from that stillness and you're right absolutely so many people have no idea about stillness uh they just uh, in fact many people alarm come to rings, i get up my cell phone or alarm clock rings i get up and i get moving and i've got to get to work and i've got to do this and i've got to help the kids and i got to help my spouse and i got to get to lunch or whatever it is and i'm just going 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 when are we ever just pause? <laughs> exactly. And it, it's funny because so many people come to me and they say, I can't meditate. I can't sit still. I'm like, oh man, that must be a total bummer when you go to the movies or go to church. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you like fidget in your chair when you're watching a movie? They're like, no. Like, 
when you're at church? Are you like running up and down the aisles? They're like, no. I'm like, okay. So you can be still. You actually can. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. You're just not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, I would say too, for people who've never, who say, well, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. Mm. You know, I think about, there was, Stephen Covey said something. He said, have you ever seen someone out in the forest? If it's like someone out in the forest who has a saw and they're saying, I've got all these logs, I've got a saw. And you notice that the saw is dull. And you say, you know, if you take just a little bit of time to sharpen that saw, you'd be able to saw a lot more logs. They say, I don't have time to sharpen the saw. I have to keep sawing. <laughs> Sometimes just taking time to sharpen the saw and being still so you can feel that stillness. You can have moments where you have clear moments of inspiration or wisdom that um, thoughts that come to you. you. know, I was looking at your site. You're the host of the Zen Commuter. One of the things that says on your site, you know, when, when people get the ability to quiet their minds on your site, it says people are able to perform better. They're be able to become kinder to each other. Sometimes they can heal a little bit because they're still, and I've noticed this in my own life. Sometimes if I'll take a few minutes in the morning or in other times of the day to just, I'm just going to be still. It gives me a little bit more patience so if something does happen, I'm able to say, wait a second, I can choose my reaction. I don't have to just go with the, with the river, right? The river doesn't yeah. have to wave at me and knock <laughs> exactly. me down. I can, I can step out and say, you know what? Somebody's upset and I can choose that. In, my, in a marriage, in relationships with troubled teens or children or when their kids are getting a little out of hand, being still actually helps you be a better parent, a, a better spouse, a better member of the community, a better business person, all kinds of things you can do by just taking a few minutes to be still. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Because I think that's what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> that is exactly it. That is exactly it. And that's one of the reasons I meditate first thing in the morning. I mean, anytime you can meditate is a good time to meditate. But to your point, exactly. That's why I meditate first thing in the morning. And it just sets my day up for just, is it going to go flawlessly? No, I mean, I'm human. There are going to be bumps in the road. But because of my meditation practice in the morning, I'm kind of more at a like, okay, cool. That, that happened. I'm like, well, it kind of stinks, but we got this as opposed to, oh my God, this is, oh, this stinks. Why is this happening to me? Everything's frigging going to hell. <laughs> right. Step so out of the river, watch it go by. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. So much pass. better on the shore. <laughs> and it doesn't mean occasionally you can't jump in the river. I mean, you can get back in if you want, but meditation allows you to get out. And yeah. And that's a, that's a great point because it was kind of what I was talking about before. When we have uh, that, place of stillness, what happens is, and I, I talk about this a lot, it's like we create a gap. So uh, many times we hear about stimulus response. And if something happens in at work or in anywhere in our lives, and it's like, not quote, optimal, we can just react and just get right into that space. We don't even think we're just like, oh, this got me angry. And oh, but meditation has us gives us the ability to create like a gap. So something happens, uh, we don't automatically just jump right into a reaction. We look at it and say, cool, okay, this is happening. How do I want to respond? Do I want to get into the river or not? Do I want to stay on the shore? It allows us that time to kind of broaden that gap, say, how do I want to respond? And respond is the perfect word because we react many times. And react and respond are obviously not the same, uh, same word. React is very visceral, where response is very... I wouldn't say conscious, but it's just more planned and more focused and much more calm. I love how you said that, Tom. I love that you said respond versus react. That that thought, and I like what you said too. You said the space. Like, so for example, 
my spouse says that one thing that always bugs me or my my teenager does that one annoying eye roll or my my child comes in and they're being disruptive again even though i've asked them not to and the immediate thing is to say well because they're being disruptive or because this event's happening i'm just going to be mad back or i'm going to snap or i'm going to be angry or i'm going to say something mean or i'm going to try to put them in their place but you're saying when you meditate in the morning or at other times of the day you realize that when these events happen you now have a choice. You, you have way more choice. You can say, I can respond with kindness. I can listen. I can understand. Or I could be angry if I really want to be. But I have a whole big choice instead of just saying, stimulus, I feed in and I get this certain response. Here's the stimulus. Here's the response. Here's the stimulus. Here's a space. And now I have a, a lot of different responses that I can choose and hopefully choose one that's more ideal and more conducive to peace and helping the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when people say, oh, so-and-so just knows how to push my buttons. I'm like, nobody knows, nobody pushes your buttons, but you, uh, you know, <laughs> right. so like, so you can choose to respond. It's like, and, and that's one of the things I talk about too, is like meditation allows us to empower ourselves to, to help us have that introspection to know, you know, how people are going to react. And you put it so wonderfully. It's like, yeah, cool. We've got this like kind of like time travel in a way it's like like time kind of shifts or morphs somebody says something and you're like kind of like uh kind of like the matrix you know keanu reeves just steps back and like whoa <laughs> looking at everything we've got that that space to say okay cool he or she said this it upset me it upset me but here's the other thing too is we have all these emotions we can feel them and not react or re yeah react to them we can be uh we can feel anger and not be angry. You put it greatly when somebody says something. We can look, it's like, cool. I feel my heart racing. I feel my uh, breath becoming labored. Uh, and I'm kind of anxious, but I'm like, I don't need to respond with anger. I feel it, but I will not buy into it. I will not buy into that reaction. I choose how to respond. I don't buy into reaction. And the interesting thing is, is if you don't respond to that anger, the anger, like the river, kind of just flows by and eventually it's, it's gone. I mean, yeah, exactly. You jump into it and say, well, I'm going to be angry back. A lot of times it exacerbates and makes more anger on the other side. Then you have a bunch more anger than you had at the original part where it's just like, okay, I'm feeling a little off. I'm feeling a little triggered. I'm feeling this way, but I can let it go and let it just kind of spend itself and go away. Right. Yeah. Per perfect point, X, because you are absolutely right. In many cases, um, people that don't have that gap, they are maybe looking to push your buttons. And when they don't get that reaction, like, uh, okay, what just happened here? And you're not feeding that anger, that, that energy. I mean, with just, just one uh, emotion, obviously, but yeah, if, if somebody comes at you with anger, if you come back with that anger, that anger just grows and the situation becomes contorted and gnarled and not beneficial for anybody. So, um, and Obviously, I've had many people uh, in my life that come at me with anger. Uh, and when I'm just like, sorry, I'm not going to bite. <laughs> They're just, and they end up scratching their head like, damn. Uh, I, and I call it uh, taking my power. I'm like, I'm not going to give you the power to get me cheesed. <laughs> not by a long shot. And I love that. You know, I, I got a taste of these brought to mind. I heard somebody tell this story of a, of a wave, this huge wave that hit Hawaii. So there was this wave. Uh, many decades ago there was a huge wave a couple waves i think there was a storm off by alaska or something that hit this place and they saw two houses um one of them had a wall that um was on a kind of a good foundation the other one had stilts and it was on the stilts. it goes when this wave hit the one that was kind of on this firm foundation that just 
the wave hit it, it just blew it up, it destroyed it. But the house that had stilts, what happened is the water just went underneath and it spent itself and then it went back. And it was totally fine. The other one wasn't. And I always think like meditation, when somebody comes at you with anger, if you can be the house on stilts, rather than like, I got to put up this, you're angry and I'm going to be angry back. You showed me this, I'm going to show you and I'm going to fight and prove my point. And sometimes the best response is a lot of times no response. Just let <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the wave is not going to go on forever. It goes up the shore and eventually it's out of energy and it just goes back down. And so that ability to do it, man, what a great thing to learn in a relationship to, hey, someone's angry, I'm going to let it just flow underneath me. <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, use a water analogy, right? Like, just let it, just let it go because it will spend itself and be gone. Man, this is so powerful. I, you know, for people who say they don't have time to meditate, what would you tell them? <laughs> Maybe you don't I have would, time not to, right? <laughs> what's so funny, I used to be a personal trainer before I uh, taught meditation. And I get the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, I, I really don't have a lot of time to work out. I'm like, oh, so you're not, uh, so you don't watch TV at night? You don't scroll on your phone? You don't, uh, and they're like, I do. I'm like, you have time. It's just not a priority yet. So, and I'm like, it's so funny. When people tell me, like, uh, when I tell them I'm meditation starts, like, oh, you know, I really should do that. But uh, I, I do it every now and then, but I, I haven't gotten a, a rhythm yet. I haven't gotten into it. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not the meditation police. <laughs> you will find it when you find it. Uh, and the things that, have meaning for us, we make time for. And the things that don't have meaning for us, we don't. And that's not a judgment. Everybody's got their own path. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. I'm like, they'll find it if, they, if they're meant to find it. Um, but to your point, even if you like wake up late, like two minutes, I mean, we talked about this off air. Many people have these misperceptions that, okay, I hear meditation is like something that like, like monks do in the, in the Himalayas and they meditate for hours at a time. So I guess if that's what you do, I'm like, I can't meditate for two hours at a time. I'm like, guess what? I've never meditated for two hours at a time. Uh, <laughs> right. It's not this ancient weird thing that no one can do. You're saying maybe you could do it in two minutes. Is that what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, uh, I'm a, an instructor out on insight timer, uh, a great app for, uh, you know, that's uh, not a plug. I don't get any, any kickback for that. It is one of the best meditation apps out there. Uh, sorry, comms uh, and headspace, but it, it's free. Uh, What's it called again? Wonderful. Just for years. Yeah. It's called insight timer. Uh, yeah and i'm an instructor there and as i was saying before one of my meditations that's most listened to is a guided meditation that's four minutes i don't even think it's it's three minutes and 58 seconds and people just have written to me said written to me to say ah oh, this is exactly what i needed my my day was going to hell in a handbasket and it was just nice to have four minutes to regroup recenter and to your point yeah so even if you wake up late it's so much better to meditate for four minutes and then get yourself on that space does it mean the day's going to go flawless? No. But if you wake up, uh, the alarm goes off, snooze, 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 and you're like, damn, I got to get out of here. That whole day is going to be shot. <laughs> when you wake up in that space of frantic, frantic just becomes the tone of the entire day. And uh, from when you have a meditative mindset or when you wake up and you're like taking two minutes, four minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, you're just so centered. And all the things we've been talking about, all the benefits, just are just amplified throughout the day. So there's just, it doesn't mean the day is going to be perfect, but it's going to be more perfect than if you didn't meditate because you've just come from a place of, uh, of stillness and calm. And that's where you're coming from. And that, uh, that vibe kind of makes its way into, into your day. So yeah, two minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever you got, 
meditate. Does it have to be in the morning? No. If uh, if you got it, uh, time, it really sets the tone for the day. And maybe you could scroll a little less on your phone, right? I mean, that's crazy you talk. Just... Exame, that's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crazy. Like you can actually set the phone down and say, wait, I've been scrolling on my phone for a few minutes. Why don't I use this to sharpen the saw and to just get clear and to get that thing? You know, I, I like what you said too about exercise. I mean, here you're saying people don't have time to exercise, but yet they have time to watch TV. They have time to scroll on the phone. They have time to do a lot of things that maybe aren't that productive. And, and this, this thought about exercising, gosh, if we exercise, our body has more energy. We can do things better. We have more <laughs> yeah. available resources to us because our body's been trained to produce more energy and is stronger. Whereas same with meditation, you know, if we'll just take a little bit of time to clear our mind, to be still, that inspiration can come, that, that pause that we need when, when we do get some of these triggering things come in from the outside world where we can say, wait, I'm okay. And so this, this ability to say, I'm going to take time to sharpen my saw and not just have to saw all the time, <laughs> such an important thing to learn. I'm going to take time to take care of my body. I'm going to take time to exercise, meditate, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because uh, I teach, well, I teach a variety of people, obviously, but one of my favorite things is to go into a company and they'll, you know, they'll find me and they'll like, hey, you know what? We really want to help our people become more focused, more attentive, more creative. Uh, and that's great because to your point, creativity, we're all creative. And many times when people think about creative, they're like, oh, I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't sing. I'm like, yeah. Can you make a dinner? Can you make a spreadsheet? Can you, uh, you know, change a, a tire? Everybody's creative. But when we think about work and creation, I'm like, oh, I've got this project. I don't know where to start. My mind is all over the place. When we have a meditation practice, it creates that focus because the very definition of meditation, like I uh, talked about at the beginning of the episode, was that to have one focus and everything else kind of slides by. Same thing where you're at work. If you have that ability to focus um, via your meditation practice, that skill is transferable to anything. So it's not just on the cushion, like I said, or on your chair. When you go to work, you're like, cool, okay. There are times when your mind's all over the place. Well, just use your meditation practice for this project. Focus on this thoughts go, let them go. And you're just, uh, you become more creative, more attentive. Um, and I'll be honest, when I teach people uh, meditation in, in the workplace, I kind of have an ulterior motive because not many people have experienced a still mind, have experienced a still body. Um, so they go in and they're like, yeah, I just want to learn how to be focused, creative and all these things. I'm like, great. And then the wonderful thing is once they experience that, then when all that's done, they're like, uh, I'm still calm. My mind is open. I'm like, and they experience life. They experience not just in a meditative state, but like, wow, look at that tree. They see the world. And that's one of the greatest things about meditation. Like we're so far in the future or so far in the past with regrets or worries in the future that the world around us becomes almost invisible. I mean, I use this example a lot, many times people, and I'm not uh, like, from a pedestal. It's happened to me back in the day too. And in fact, probably four months ago, I'm just driving. My mind's going I'm like, oh, geez, there's my exit. I almost missed my exit. And other times I have missed my exit. But that's the point I'm trying to make is the whole world becomes invisible if our minds are in the future, in the past. But with a meditation practice, we're more in this moment. And the things that were invisible just come alive. And the things you don't even notice, like in my morning walks, I like to see birds. I like 
30 years ago, I didn't see birds. I'm just like, no, I got to go to work. Got to do this, got to do that, got to do that. I mean, I had my meditation practice, but I was still very focused on um, the, the day-to-day. But now just taking a walk, just walking down the street, I'm like, wow, what a day. Look at that tree. Two months ago, it was bare, and I was just alive and vibrant. The birds are swimming or, or you know, flying around. It's just like, God, what a gift life is. What an absolute gift life is. And you're here. I love that. You're yeah. Here. Oh, God. What, what what a great gift your mom gave you. Oh. As a parent, <laughs> like, she taught you to meditate. Yeah. How, how would it be as parents if we could teach our kids to, to learn that pause between stimulus and response, to learn to be still instead of set this example, we always got to be hustling. Like maybe we can just be still. And that's a great point because uh, it is. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I thank my mom every morning. Sometimes I'll talk to her in my meditation, sometimes just like, thanks, mom. Uh, to your, you're absolutely right. And, you know, if we think about kids, you might think, well, how young can you teach a kid how to meditate? And is it different to, keep, to teach a kid how to meditate as opposed to an adult? I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to be different. It's going to be more guided meditations where they're using more of their imagination uh, to create that calm. Uh, but like six and on is, is great for meditation that you can teach kids. I mean, I was 18 when my mom, uh, taught me, she used to teach people in the neighborhood, which back in 82 was like, who's this crazy lady? Is she a witch? (laughs) Meditation wasn't what it is now. Uh, it's grown, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like for parents meditation, uh, we talked on air. Um, my mom was a meditation. Uh, my mom used to meditate, but just like I'll, I'll say now I'm like, there are days where I'm wonderfully still and I walk and I see everything. And there are days I'm human. I'm like, got to do this, got to do that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I'm thankful that that's the exception and not the rule. My rule is calm. Uh, The exception is like to-do lists and things that have to get done. And then when I have my meditation, I realize nothing has to get done. There's no, I don't prove anything by getting things done. There's no value in putting my worth to tasks, to things like I'm born, I'm alive. And that's my value. And uh, my mom helped instill that with my meditation practice, but getting back to parenting, I mean, there are some things we can do. Something as simple as four deep breaths, uh, just really taking a nice deep breath in through the nose for like four seconds, holding it for a couple seconds, and then slowly letting it out through our mouth. When we think about that, people think meditation is like mystical and spiritual and like it's a physiological response. When we have that, you know, that fight or flight response, our body's saying, okay, something's coming on. There's something to be worried about. We got to get that heart rate going. We got to get cortisol, adrenaline pumping through the body to either run like hell or fight this thing. So if our body has a way of creating that response to fight or run, then it's got to have a way to do the exact opposite. And that's exactly it. When we think about meditation, there's the relaxation response. When we take those deep breaths, um, expanding our uh, abdomen, our belly, whatever you want to call it, then we are sending a signal to our brain via a nerve called the vagus nerve. So when we take those nice deep breaths, uh, the vagus nerve is connected to the diaphragm and it sends a signal to the brain says, oh, okay, if you're breathing like this, that means there's nothing to be running from, nothing to be fighting from. So I'm going to start putting the blood back to your hands, back to your toes. I'm going to shut off the cortisol uh, production. I'm going to shut off the adrenaline production. Heart rate's going to go down. Uh, you know, breathing's going to go back down. So even if you are a parent or, and you know, 
you're like, oh, these kids, my husband, my wife, they're going to drive me to drink. <laughs> Just like expand that belly, take that nice deep breath in through the nose, count of four, hold it for like six, seven seconds or a count of six, and then slowly out through our mouth. Like, and make sure that that uh, exhale is double the inhale. That's another way that the body says, okay, if he or she's breathing like this, there's no threat. So I can start relaxing now. I can start calming down. So something as simple as that is going to be helpful for anybody, to be honest with you. So I love that. You can use that breathing to say, hey, I can actually calm my nervous system. Yeah. Breathing. And it tells my nervous system, hey, this isn't a fight or flight moment. Somebody yep. might be triggering. But there's no bear chasing me. I don't need to run because there's <laughs> nope. some wild animal chasing me. This I kind of have this physiological response. Things are okay. I yeah. love that. You know, I talked to someone recently. He said he was he was a climber. He'd be on these cliffs sometimes where it was hundreds of feet in the air. And and he would have almost like a panic attack. And he realized if he just focused on his breathing, he could calm himself down and keep going and be fine rather than, <laughs> and sometimes we have that same panic attack. Like I've got this deadline or I've got this financial problem or I've got this relationship problem or whatever it is. Breathe, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so, um, so there are two nervous systems. There's the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. And then there's the paras uh, parasympathetic, which is our rest and relax or our relaxation uh, uh, response. So yeah, you're right. And uh, I don't know if I could climb a mountain. Well, it's funny because I do remember doing a, a charity event where the uh, if you raise enough money, you could scale this building uh, in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. And it was, I think it was like 40, 40 flights, but it was kind of cool. Uh, rappelling down a, a building <laughs> but i use my meditation there because like you said uh first first step over i'm like oh god i'm going to go go i'm like i got this i got this i got this <laughs> you know what i almost if we could just just for a minute so we've talked about it if you could just maybe we've talked about slowing down a little bit for one minute maybe we could let our listeners just Cool. Maybe you could guide us on how to do it. You could guide us. Why don't you get something? We could say what we need to hear, maybe a little preparation. But for just maybe 45 seconds to a minute, let's just stop. If you're listening to this podcast, try to follow what Tom's saying here. We'll just do a, a quick one minute meditation. Is that is that worthwhile, Tom? Yeah, that I mean, we'll probably do just uh, the deep breathing, just like I talked about. And I'm gonna end up closing my eyes because that's kind of how I do it. So uh, but yeah, I'll guide us through that. So we're gonna Kind of get comfortable wherever we are in our chair, place our feet flat on the floor, maybe put our hands in our lap, and we're gonna take a nice deep breath in through our nose for a count of four. We'll do it together. Hold up at the top. Three, four, five, six, seven, and slowly let it out through our mouth for a count of eight. Let's do two more of those. Take a nice deep breath in through your nose, expanding your belly. Up through our chest. Hold. And slowly let it out through our mouth. Let's do one more. And this last one, as you're exhaling, just imagine your body just slowly falling into your seat wherever you are whether you're on a cushion or on a chair with your exhale you're no longer having the need to hold yourself up so we take a nice deep breath in through our nose 
Hold it. And just for just a couple seconds, if your eyes are closed, that's cool. If they're open, that's fine. Just feel this moment. Feel your body on your chair. Feel your feet connected to the floor. And just bring your attention to the space you're in right now. Are there some things that you hear? Are there smells? Can you feel your clothes on your body? Bring yourself into this moment, relishing this moment, giving thanks for this moment. Let's end with one more nice deep breath in through the nose. Hold and slowly let it out. If you had your eyes closed, feel free to open them. And if you didn't, now we can just come back to our calm. That's so nice. Hey, Tom, I could do that. All, I could do that for a while longer. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I meditated uh, the beginning of the morning. I'm like, I could actually do another uh, hit. <laughs> now, by the way, if you were driving, you shouldn't have done that. I was <laughs> just going to say that. I'm like, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, but take the time to try that when you're not. Um, you know, obviously do this in a safe environment. Right. No, no machinery, no driving, no, no jumbo, jumbo jet flying. <laughs> safe place, right? Yep. Hey, Tom, this has been great. How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more from you and, and maybe have you coach them um, well, or listen to your podcast? How, how could they get a hold of you? Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you for this time. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's a, uh, obviously it's a, it's something I love talking about. It is my passion. Uh, if people want to get in touch with me, they can head out to uh, zencommuter.com, uh, Z-E-N-C-O-M-M-U-T-E-R.com. They can listen to the podcast uh, wherever they listen to podcasts. That's Zen Commuter. And uh, I have another podcast, Calmer in Five. Um, so those are the best ways to get in touch with me or my email address. I love uh, getting emails from people say, hey, what about this? Uh, can I do it this way? Or, and it's just thom at zencommuter.com. And uh, actually on my, uh, on my site, there is um, a meditation, a downloadable meditation. It's about 18 minutes long. It's a guided meditation that I do uh, that guides you through the whole process. So uh, if you go out to zencommuter.com, you'll see the link right there. Just click on that and send that to you and uh, get you started on your journey. And like I said, if anybody has any questions, I dialogues are my favorite thing. Uh, helping people become calmer, uh, understanding their power, and I mean that's the that's the big thing as a as a total as we as we leave is just um, we don't realize how many thoughts are coming at us, how many expectations are coming at us all throughout the day. And we kind of hit upon it today, but we have so many expectations coming at us from so many different places. And that's always going to create a level of unrest because those expectations might or might not uh, jive with what we really feel deep in our soul, deep in who we are. And that's the biggest benefit of meditation for me uh, is just helping me understand how I exist in this world and knowing that I can choose the world that I want to live in. I can create a world that's calm and peaceful. And it's not going to happen every day. There are days that I'm just like, oh, 
But like I said, that's the exception, not the rule. With a meditation practice, you create your life. Life doesn't happen to you. You happen to life. And I love that. I love that, Tom. Such great words of wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the Principal Podcast today. Feel free to reach out to Tom. We'll have his uh, contact information in the show notes. And again, Tom, thank you for being with us today. Exane, it has been my absolute pleasure. I look forward for you and I to be talking much more in the future. Thank you, sir.